0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is Jeffrey Meldon welcoming you to a great edition of Meldon Law and Friends. We have a uh, fabulous lineup of guests today. Uh, but first, I want to tell you that uh, things are really starting to uh, happen around here. Uh, we have our uh, podcast is now in our second year officially. Uh, this is episode number fifty-four. And I want to thank everybody who follows us on Facebook, on YouTube, and the 39 audio channels that uh, uh, we're broadcast on. So thank you very much for making Meldon Law & Friends a success. Um, Also, we're entering our 20th year on Law Talk Live on the Sky, WSKY 97.3. Uh, tune in every Saturday at 10.30. You'll love it. We have a variety of guests, and uh, we're very proud of uh, being there every single Saturday for 20 years. Uh, As you know, sometimes I call in. I tried calling in from the Florida-Georgia game, but somehow the... uh, the switchboard at Sky, which broke last week, so uh, our friend Chris Qualman had to uh, fly solo. But uh, as it turned out, the Florida-Georgia game, well, we won the tailgate, so I want that's the good news. We did win the tailgate, um, and we had a fabulous uh, uh, crowd there and a lot of friends, so uh, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, there, there have been darker days in uh, the history of Gator football, so don't give up. Anyhow, uh, we are here at uh, L- uh, Melden Law and Friends. I want to thank everybody. And I want
1: to introduce our first
0: guest, James Bates. How are you doing today, James?
1: I'm great. I, it's, it's good to be a friend here, here on the podcast, and thanks for having me on. It's good to see you, Jeffrey, and not just on the side of a bus. That's you know, right. Sit here and hang out with you, and, and thanks for all you do uh, in the community. I think the last time I saw you, before I saw you up here at Spurrier's, um, was for the uh the, uh student athletes in alachua county the scholarship athletes and our our daughter uh, talia uh won an award through you guys a scholarship through you guys so thank you for all you do for the community well
0: it was really cool seeing you at the uh scholar athlete banquet and uh, talia is an amazing young woman and I know you 've got um your other daughter um is also uh a georgia swimmer, mm-hmm. georgia yeah and so you 've got um, both Talia and Georgia swimming for the Gators.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're empty nesters now. Our, <laughs> our oldest has been gone for a while. Jake is, is our son. He's finishing up at UNF, and uh, and he's a a fishing uh, captain. He uh, uh, does fishing charters over there and really has since his freshman year, so we're really proud of him. And uh, And, you know, I married a swimmer, and, uh, you know, it's it's a perfect fit that we've got a couple Gator swimmers. It's so cool that we've got two girls swimming at the University of Florida, and I got to see them both swim against Georgia and beat Georgia. At least we got one win over Georgia, and not just tailgating, you know, where it, where it really counts. And uh, last Friday, before I went off to my game, and um, and so I'm just so proud of them, and uh yeah, and it's uh, it, it it hurt me a little bit to send that last one off to college though a couple <laughs> couple months ago, but we're doing pretty good.
0: Well, well, what strokes do
1: the girls swim? Well, they they're really sprinters. I, I guess uh, they would probably say everything but breaststroke in swimming. Uh, if you're a breaststroker, usually that's what you do. I, you know, I, I, swimming was so new to me when I met my wife, uh, Tina, who is from Illinois, and she came to Florida to swim. Uh, it was all a mystery to me, but I, I'm just fascinated by it, and I continue to be. I just love being around swimmers, loving and uh, learning about swimming, and I love to swim. I'm not as good as the rest of them, but uh, so breaststroke is really kind of the only stroke they don't do, and really they've been sprinters for the most part. But Talia is starting to kind of sprint for longer distances, if you will. She's a, uh, you know, kind of the, oh, like uh, 200 free, for example, which was never really her race. But she trained so hard that last year at NCAA, she finished second in the nation in the 200 free. Wow. And so it's kind of just by putting in the work, she's already fast. And now she can just be fast for 200 rather than a 50. You know so it's it's been so cool and I'm so proud of them so proud uh, of that that team it's, it's such a cool team and now that the the guys and girls are combined again uh, under Anthony Nesty is just perfect. I love it I, I love going out and competing watching them compete and, and cheering for them.
0: Well, you know um, my uh, our family was always involved with uh, the swimming program, and uh, we we uh, actually had a girl from Memphis, Tennessee live with us for a year while she was in high school because uh, the University of Florida was recruiting her wow. and she wanted to train with there's as a
1: gator club here yeah Gator swim club Gator yeah. swim yeah. club and
0: she'd get up every morning at like
1: five o'clock
0: oh yeah, and, yeah. And, oh, well, yeah. you the deal oh yeah
1: <laughs> and I, and I used to I used to I used to tell Tina that hey, yeah, we can have swimmers, but if 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 we do, you have to take them to those four a.m. practices because it's your fault, it's your blood, not my blood. <laughs> but I, we would just get up and, and drive them in when they couldn't drive, and then uh, go do stadiums or something. But but yeah, that uh, our lives changed a big deal when when one of them could drive, and then we're like, oh wow, we get to sleep in a little bit here today, and they're <laughs> up. But you feel kind of guilty, so you get up and see them off anyway.
0: Well, listen, it was really cool being at the Meldon Law. Um, scholar athlete uh, banquet, and uh, wasn't that something? Seeing all those yeah. young people who are doing such amazing things.
1: Yeah, it it, it really is, and and it's again, I, I appreciate you acknowledging that, and and the hard work that all these guys and girls put in, the hard work that their coaches put in to to make that happen, and uh, um, yeah, it's just it's a wonderful thing, and and whether you play beyond high school. Uh, that was something always in our house that we always wanted our kids to be a part of a team and to feel that, you know, to what it's like to work so hard for something and not always succeed and be number one at something and and to fail and to get back up and to go fight again and and to see all of those guys and girls that have done that at such a high level, even if that high level is is peaking out and, and having a really good high school career, that really is cool to see them doing it not only on the field but in the classroom as well.
0: So we're so excited because... Uh, we're starting our. We're going to be entering our 25th year in 1997. Larry Vitell and I got together and uh, came up with the idea of the Meldon Law Scholar Athlete of the Week program. Wow, the
1: 25th year! Longer yeah. than you've been doing your show with the sky. Yeah, that, that's yeah, yeah. That pretty <laughs> impressive.
0: Well, you know what it's like. You put one foot in front of each other. You never plan that this thing is going to go mm-hmm. for 25 years. You just say. Can I get through the next show? <laughs> you know, I get through the next year. Yeah, yeah. Uh and you know now you had a uh, an illustrious career as a uh, college football player uh back in the 90s. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Oh, well, let's see. I grew up uh my dad was a football coach. Uh so I, I grew up he just He was
0: a defensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Bucks for a uh, while. For, uh-huh.
1: That's where he finished up. Yeah, he's with the Bucks. He's probably about 15 years he was a defensive coordinator in the NFL, but before that he was all these different colleges. He was actually, if you come up here to Spurriers, he was, and you see the, uh, when they do the slideshow, there's that, they're at Kentucky's Field when they win the SEC in 1990, although it wasn't official. They these really won. We yes, know that. <laughs> of course they did. Yeah. But he's in that picture. He's up on the left side. You can see him up on the left side. I don't know if he looks like me, if you can tell or not, but try to pick him out. So he was there and I just, so it was always football, football. He, he's lucky that he had two boys that wanted to play football. I don't know what would have happened if, you know, I mean, you get kids that aren't always interested in what their parents are interested in. But he wanted me to be a, uh, to be a quarterback. He always wanted me to be a quarterback. I was a good pitcher when I was little in baseball, and so he thought that was my thing. But when I was in junior high in Texas, uh, there was a guy named Brian Bosworth that was doing his thing up at, at the University of Oklahoma. The boss. I remember the name. The you boss. Remember? And I yeah. just, that guy, I actually, this is this is how silly this is. I get chills just thinking about it. I mean, that's all I wanted. Like when, when I saw him and he was marketing himself, you know, now you've got a team. Look at this team you've got assembled here. But he did it himself pretty much. And, you know, and was marketing himself without all the social media. And I just, uh, I just got wind of, of who he was and everything. I'm like, man, I want to be like that guy. Then I want to wear 44. And that's why I wore 44. And and that's I mean, but my dad tried to fight it because he wanted me to be a quarterback and not a linebacker. But so uh, moved around a little bit and ended up going to high school my last couple years in uh, uh, Sevierville, Tennessee, Sevier County High School, which is the same high school that Dolly Parton went to. And, I love uh, Dolly. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I
0: do too. What an incredible woman! Yeah. I mean, I can go on and on. My former law partner has been her attorney for almost forty
1: years. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, so I've
0: heard stories that she is a class act, she's Mm -hmm. uh, fabulous, she's really... He he tells me she's one of the um, nicest clients he's ever had. She doesn't act you yeah. know
1: uppity or anything. You know? So it's so it's real. What you, it's what you see is is what you get. It's kind of like Coach Spurrier, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like people are like so, well you you've seen you've seen him on TV. You you've read his articles. You know that's what you see is what you get. And um, and so, so so
0: how'd you wind up getting to Gainesville at the University of
1: Florida? Yeah. Uh, uh, when i was being recruited and i was an all-american in high school so i kind of had my choice of where to go i visited ucla michigan tennessee texas and florida and i it was it was florida what was going on down here then so this was 92 was my freshman year oh so
0: spurrier is really rocking.
1: yes like you could feel the magic even up there in tennessee and then and i knew i wanted to come here and spurrier's big line for the out-of-staters you know and they didn't recruit a lot of guys from out of state but when they did his big line was, shoot, you got all these people saving up their whole life trying to turn 60 and move down to Florida, and you got a chance to come right now and you're just 18. <laughs> you know, I'm like, sign <laughs> me up. And so, and so, uh, yeah, so I. Did he play the
0: Tennessee card with you? Because he was from Tennessee. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and that,
1: that card was a winner over and over and over, I'm proud to say. Never lost to Tennessee, and uh, I won't go down the rest of the list because we've only got a few minutes here on the podcast of the teams we never lost to, but i um, just so proud of that, and so this is where I needed to be, and I met my wife, Tina. We were on campus about five days, and we started dating all throughout. We, uh, you know, we still live in Gainesville. We, all three of our babies were born at Shands, and I mean, I just... Just love so proud to be a professor at the University of Florida, and I just love being a Gator, and I love everything about it, and uh, and it's just changed my life forever. And so, yeah, I I owe a lot to uh, to Coach Spurrier and to the University of Florida well, Gators.
0: Now, you were the um, co-captain or captain of the 1996 national championship team. Tell me about how that occurred.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I you know that's. Uh, that to me, means a lot because that's voted on by your teammates and and I was always proud of 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 the friends that you know of just a oh of, of being a, a good friend and a good teammate and a good leader and I guess that my teammates saw that in me as well and and, um, and I just you, one thing that i always uh, when I go and speak at gator clubs or something, especially preseason is all these preseason magazines, they're they are predicting of who's going to do what this season. And they're like, well, they've got this quarterback back, and they've got their whole defense back, and this guy's back. But the one thing that they cannot put their finger on from the outside looking in is how much do these guys care about one another? And in 1996, there's no doubt that we cared about one another, and, and we were closer than any football team out there. And yeah, we had a lot of talent on the team, but still, we were like this. We were tight, tight. And you know, and that's from the the captains on the team. That's that's from you know making sure that that's the way we were. We were you know nobody was going to you know come come in and into the swamp and beat us or you know it was when we went on the road it was like us against the world mentality and that was so much fun, and to finish it off uh with four SEC championships and then our national championship. Uh, our senior year there in 1996. I mean, it's truly magical. Yeah,
0: that was uh, really uh, incredible. Uh, When we come back in uh, 60 seconds, uh, we're going to be talking to James Bates about uh, some of the other things that uh, he's been involved in uh, since uh, being the captain of the national championship team in 1996. And we'll be back in 60 seconds.
1: Starting now.
0: When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Melden Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971. Two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them.
2: Oh my gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to
1: my truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, it is your no, fault. Not, not, I
2: am not, calling
0: not. Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law.
1: So I'm gonna call Jeffrey, my husband.
0: Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking.
2: Jeffrey! This person oh no, here, honey, this person here, he might.
0: New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. We're back on Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon. We are here from Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. We are in the podcast room. I want all of our listeners to uh, make it over here to Spurrier's. Uh, it's a one-of-a-kind museum and restaurant. I promise you, when you come here, you'll go, wow. Uh, what do you think about this place, James? You know,
1: when I came here, you know what I did? I went. Wow, that's so funny. That's you're right, you're absolutely right, Jeffrey. Yeah, no, I, you know what? When I should have known, knowing Freddie Wiebe for a long time, I should have known that it was going to be just muy grande. I mean, I, but still, you know, like hey, uh, Coach is going to have all this stuff up there. And so at first, I'm thinking, ah, maybe it'll be like a really nice cracker barrel, but with Coach's stuff mm-hmm. instead of old antiques, old butter churns, and stuff like that. My good, this is. This is like, uh, this is like the the mecca. This is like the, the Florida Gator mecca, if you will. You know, and I mean just whatever I thought and whatever you're thinking. If you haven't been here, it's that times one hundred. It it's it's beautiful. Even if you took out all of the the head ball coach, uh, all of his trophies and all these beautiful pictures and everything the uh just the the decor and just the the whole theme of, of the whole place is incredible so uh, if you haven't been out you need to get out here and, and check it. Out. And
0: it's come right in the nick of time because this is going to become one of the number one recruiting tools yeah yeah uh, when people when uh recruits come here we're going to have the new uh practice facility and uh this restaurant and uh we i think uh, most Gators now say we really need to step up our recruiting. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think that, you know, after that game, uh, I found it interesting the, uh, the remark that, that Kirby Smart that got a lot of play on social media. And he sat there and he talked for about two minutes at, you know, how you can be Nick Saban or Bill Belichick or I, I don't care who you are the greatest coaches have to have the players. And the old saying is, it's not about the X's and O's, it's about the Jessies and Joe's. And he's right. And I mean, you you have to, you have to, you're not always going to win recruiting because it's this guy's five stars says who, you know, when you're up there, the four and five stars. Yeah, those are all some of the best, but who's to say this guy's better than this guy. Sometimes it, it gets to be a little bit political or if, this guy who writes a magazine or, or, or covers these these recruits is friends with this coach at this school, and then he commits to this school. Now that kid becomes a five-star to make them look better. And so you, you can't trust all that. But when you look at the tape, if this guy can play, and coaches know, and they'll find you. And then that's one thing, too, for for high school players out there is if you can play, especially in this day and age, and even if someone's got you as a two star, or, or you're not on anybody's radar, believe me, if you can play, the coaches are going to find you. And, and to answer your question, uh, it's 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 every year, and it's and it's every it's every second of every day now. And and to the point to where, my goodness, I'm glad I didn't follow the career paths of of my dad and my brother and, and getting to coaching. I mean, I I would like to work with high school kids every now and then, but I wouldn't want to do the whole. Recruiting game and just I mean nonstop. Okay, hey, we're out of practice now. I got to spend the next couple hours, you know. And and the way now that you have to re-recruit, you recruit somebody every
0: year. You're recruiting because of the transfer portal. Yes,
1: yes, you're recruiting the guys that are still that are already there. You're like you got to like keep on so. I that that would be exhausting to me and that and that wouldn't be for everybody. So uh, I, I I think
0: I'm hearing that from some of the coaches whoo. now that are just saying that, you know, it was you know, in the old days when I was going to college. I went to Ohio State
1: by the way. And, oh, okay. I didn't and, know that.
0: When Woody Hayes was there. Oh,
1: wow. And
0: I mean we had we had, Ohio State was big time football and uh mm-hmm. you know, I think they won 7 national championships and so they're uh You know, they were doing really, really well. And uh, back then, the players stayed for four years. They couldn't play as a freshman. Uh, It was uh, sophomore, junior, seniors. And, uh, you know, we had, you know, the greatest players in all of, you know, the area. So it was Ohio, Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. Michigan, and uh, Woody Hayes was a legend. So it was really um, quite a training ground for becoming a Florida Gator.
1: But Jeffrey, those those guys that decided they wanted to be Buckeyes, a lot of it had to do with that tradition, and a lot of it had to do with the opportunity to play for a Woody Hayes. And you don't get that quite as much anymore. And it's like, you know, what can you do for me? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a couple of years, and then I'm gonna go to the NFL. And if I don't start my freshman year, then I'm gonna transfer. And and oh, this this school's got a better. NIL system set up. I mean, so my goodness, but back then it was, you know, a lot more like you respected and that's why you saw the the Penn States and the Notre Dames of the world take a dip uh, because it was like, gosh, you know, these guys aren't sponsored by Jordan. I don't want to wear their, you know, like that's not going to look good when well, I'm walking to class. But well, the good it's news, true.
0: the good news for the Gators is we are in the SEC, and the SEC still rules when it comes to college football.
1: There you go. There you go. Well, I got to take care of the ACC too, because that's kind of my oh, boss on the wait, weekends, yeah, calling so those let's games. Talk but that's that. all right. That's so but, you. But they're have, pretty good.
0: I know you have two very important careers. One of them is an announcer. You're the ACC announcer. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well, I guess this is my, I think, sixth season of of calling ACC football games, and uh, I I just feel so fortunate to be able to to go out and call these games on weekends. Excuse me, even though I'm always going the wrong way, I'm always going out through the airport, and all these Gator fans are coming in to watch the Gators (laughs) play, and I, and so I'm always going the wrong way. But at the end of the day, I get paid to go out and to call these football games and, and to showcase these kids that are living out a dream like a, a 19, 20, 21-year-old James Bates, like all I ever dreamed about and all I ever wanted to do was be a part of a big-time college football program and big-time college football games and to be able to go out and to be a part of that energy and and to be a part of a team. You know, you can't play football forever, but it's, it's just so rewarding to be a part of... of in our case a production team and to prepare all week long and and to and you've got well, 30 people that are there with you whether they're pulling cables or running camera or the producer, the director, and, and everything that, that goes into making it happen. And then here you are, the ball's kicked off, and it's you and your team and, and you know and you're up there and you're kind of the mouthpiece for it all. And so you, you better do a pretty good job because you're make the team look bad if you're not prepared and you're not ready. And and so to kind of take it a step further To be able to teach students at the University of Florida, sitting in at Weimer Hall, where where I sat, I I got a uh, communications degree, and to teach them, to try to get them better from what I've learned from you know all these different things, whether it's studio shows and, and. BMX stuff with ESPN2, and and cheerleading, and paintball, and f- all the football stuff over the years, and to try to kind of like share with them all of my travels, and and what I've learned along the way, and introduce them to people that have made me better along the way, I just, that to me, when, when Ted Spiker, who's the chair of the journalism college over there, when he asked me if I would teach this class, I mean, I, I got the chills just because I was like, wow, if, If there was a class offered like the one I'm getting ready to teach, it would have made the University of Florida that much more attractive to me and and that's and i just we have fun sometimes we have too much fun and we get yelled at by the neighboring teacher you know they're like hey can you guys keep it down we're trying to take a quiz <laughs> yeah you can go back to your boring classroom because we're in here getting but you know but we get better and we take care of one another and i'm so proud of that i i just I, I i tell my students that i i feel like i have three dream jobs i i work as a broadcaster i i work as a professor and then i work as an artist and it's just I, I mean, I feel like I should pinch myself on the reg because it's just like, wow, I, you know, to tell an eighteen-year-old James Bates that that was going to be the case, and they are going to have this great family, and live in this great town, and know Jeffrey Meldon, and be on his podcast, I'd say, stop lying, stop lying. There's no way I'm going to meet Jeffrey Meldon. Be fine. You mean the guy who went so, to Ohio State?
0: So about twelve, fifteen years ago. Uh, uh, Batesy and I are sit, hanging out at Dragonfly downtown Gainesville, and we get to know each other pretty well. And all of a sudden, I find out he's an artist, and I looked at his art. It was incredible, uh, and I want to talk a little bit about that because uh, one of your you know great pieces, Warm Waters, was something that uh, I scarfed up uh, what what ten twelve
1: years ago. Oh, it's probably longer than that. And you know what? And I you, I, I would put money on, I think you're the first person to ever buy like a real piece of art from me. Not like say, Hey, can you do a little painting (laughs) of of my mom or something? But I mean, like a, like a piece that I painted because when I first started painting, uh, I, I was doing a, a movie down in Miami and I Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Square, Lincoln, Road. Lincoln, Lincoln Road, Road, okay, and has all the it's art like galleries. It's like a mall. Yeah, and it has all these yeah. great art galleries. And I went in, and I had just finished painting a piece. My roommate in college was Eric Cresser, and he was Danny Warfel's backup, and he ended up transferring to Marshall, but he was an art major, and he was supposed to paint for Christmas, for my wife's Christmas present, a place, a picture I took of where we got engaged. And he was going to do it, and then Christmas was getting closer. He was like, oh, man, I'm so busy. You like to draw, and you're creative. I'll teach you how to build canvases, and then you can paint it. You can come over to my house and paint it. He used to live right above... Dragonfly, but well, Hooters, we were neighbors. Hooters. I yeah. lived,
0: so I oh. knew Eric because we were neighbors. Oh, you
1: lived right there by yes, him? Well, oh, that's where I, I painted that. I had it. a
0: condo right upstairs uh, in Union Street Station. So you so know what a great impressive. guy he is. Oh, he yeah. Was awesome. yeah. He's awesome. Yeah,
1: he's one of a kind. And he's the kind of guy that you would be moving, and he would just show up with his truck. Like, I would be like, <laughs> I wish <laughs> I was that nice. I would be like, hey, here's $20. I'm like, go sprinting the other way. Like, maybe get a U Haul truck. Good luck. <laughs> but, uh, and so we built that canvas, and, and I painted it, and I was just painting that. I knew that it wasn't going to be my last. But shortly after that, so when I was down in Miami, and I walked in these art galleries, and I was just blown away. And I was like, I have to have these colors, and I have to have this art. The energy that I got from these pieces, I have to have stuff like that in my house. But I couldn't afford that. I mean, some of these pieces are, you know, so, so expensive. So
0: I have to... We only have a minute or so left. Oh, no, they don't care. They don't (laughs) care. So I have to tell um, our listeners and viewers that in Spurriers, the championship room has paintings by James Bates of every single coach that won a national championship at the University of Florida. And it is a special room. If you want to have a really big time, go up to Visors on the – top floor of Spurriers, and check out the championship room. Tell me what it was like creating that product.
1: Well, that was my summer project. That was like, you know, what I did on my summer vacation. That was it, because 18, I mean, that's a lot of painting. And uh, I just, I'm just so proud of that. I mean, to think And of, you
0: knew a lot of those uh, coaches. Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> like, like Becky Burley and Roland Thornquist and, and Tim Walton and Ron Fane. And, and I mean, on and on. Kevin O'Sullivan. And, uh, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Spurrier, I think is how you <laughs> <Spurrier> pronounce it. <laughs> and, and, and Donovan. I mean, and then, and, and are we on here? Can they see? Yeah. Uh, and then the kids' menus, too. <laughs> Got, did the kids' menus. and Yeah, I'm so proud to have a little part of, of the awesomeness that, that, uh spurrier's gridiron grill is yeah. i just there's the back there Here's
0: you the go other. yeah so come come to uh, spurrier's gridiron grill uh, we are going to have james bates back on because we just got um our uh, pinkies wet starting f- uh, uh, uh,
1: today
0: <laughs> i would lick it but it's uh covid time so trust us Oh and, here, look. There you and go. so this is, we're going to call this part one of melden law and friends with jeffrey Meldon, james bates and uh, all of our stories and uh, I want to thank you very much for uh, joining us today. We'll pick it up soon. And uh, stay tuned. We have Elio Piedra on for our second part of Meldon Law. And friends, we'll be back in three minutes. Starting. When you're a member of the Gator Nation, you know what it means to never back down. Meldon Law has been a proud supporter of the Gator Nation since 1971, two forces that won't back down. As the old saying goes, if you can't beat them, join them. The Melbourne Law Firm from the beginning has been built on giving back to the community. I enjoy coming to work as much today as I did in 1971 when I opened my practice. I don't look at this as a job, I look at it as serving other people. While we're alive, what better feeling can you achieve than knowing that you've helped other people and thereby you enrich your own life. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together, which is why Melden Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we.
2: Gosh, I can't even believe this. Look, look what you have done to my
1: truck. Excuse me, it's your fault, it's not my fault. Yes, I, it is your no, fault. Not,
2: not, I am not, calling not.
0: Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law.
1: So I'm going to call Jeffrey, my husband.
0: Meldon Law, this is Jeffrey speaking.
2: Jeffrey! This oh, no, l- here. This you he oh, might here.
0: New client? Yes, but this one might be a little tricky. Being a client
2: at Melvin Law was special because I felt like I was really being listened to
1: and I felt welcomed by the entire staff. If I were in a situation where I needed legal advice and help, I would absolutely reach out to Jeffrey because his reputation alone speaks for itself. But on a personal level, I know that he would take care of me and help me solve those problems and I would feel safe
0: with him. We still hear it, the sound of victory, the joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. We are back at Melden Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon. I want to thank everybody for uh, watching and listening to the show. And uh, we're here at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, uh, starting our second year of Melden Law and Friends podcast. And we want to uh, thank everybody who joins us uh, every week. And tell your friends about us. Uh, Like us, uh, share us, and uh, uh, let's build build the... uh, Tribe. We love having everybody here. Our next guest is Elio Piedra, uh, the uh, man that brings us the fiesta in Gainesville, Florida. How are you doing today, Elio?
2: I am better than good, and now I am even better than that. Let's bring that all the way to the top, because look at this wonderful place with the legend himself, and look, I am ready. Let's Look, watch, (laughs) Meldon Law doesn't back down. Let me tell you. I love it. I love it.
0: So Elio is wearing um, one of uh, Meldon Law's Gator visors that was personally signed by Steve Spurrier. Okay. Coach Uh, himself. Yeah. The the head ball coach was at our grand opening. And at that time, uh, uh, we had him sign uh, his visors. Uh, and he, the coach approved every visor. He wanted to make sure they were uh, good enough for uh, the team. <laughs> so anyhow, Elio, um, I want to talk about uh, everything going on in Gainesville and what uh, how you've transformed over the last year and a half into new projects and new careers. But I want to start back a little bit and give our uh, viewers and listeners a little bit of background as far as... Uh, Growing up in Cuba and uh, what how your journey to Gainesville, Florida uh, happened so uh, uh, tell us uh, where where were you born?
2: Yeah, I am uh, from Cuba, uh, the state of Pinal de Rio originally and you know I started my career in music at nine years old.
0: Wow yeah wow. now in in Cuba. Um, did they have specialty schools or training schools?
2: Yeah, yeah, it is very specific. So we have the Vocational uh, School of Arts, and we have the National Conservatory, which is the next level. And then there is, a, a like, public schools and all of
0: that. So... Did you start in music before you were 9 years old? I mean, did you were you, you know, playing music at home or doing stuff like that?
2: Uh, not really. Actually, I was playing soccer <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I was to, I was supposed to be a soccer player because they said that I was really good and out of a the sudden they kind of like found uh, out that I was talented playing uh, you know, you know, music and I had like music
0: skills. So, what was the instrument you started with?
2: Well, I was supposed to be a violin player. That's a long story, though. Uh, with seven years old, but for some reason, the teachers moved to the capital, and then I end up studying uh, percussion and piano. Those were my specialty at the uh, uh, school of music.
0: Well, and, and for you know, uh, you know, Cuban music, uh, you know, uh, those are huge instruments, and you know, I, I have visited uh, Havana uh, in two thousand sixteen and the music there just blew me away every every club and restaurant we went to uh the music is all over uh the city and it was just amazing so uh, when you got involved with music, it's something that's uh, deeply rooted in the culture.
2: Yeah, I mean, we breathe, we breathe music. We, we are music in Cuba. Uh, think about, think about it for a second. We are talking about a country that we don't have like any freedom, right? I remember, one, I remember one day I mentioned like music is our way to feel free okay? It's the only way that we have. So music for all for all of us in Cuba down there, it, that's everything. So the, we have people playing like music uh, at bars, have uh, big festivals. We have the Hoyas, International Jazz Festival in Havana, every November that. By the way, I had the opportunity to win in 2010. I won the International Jazz Festival in Interpretation and Composition. Uh, and I remember I in uh, Interpretation, we actually we were performing uh Spain by Chick Korea. And oh, and, wow. I, and I will have like to mention that because this is my humble tribute to Chick Korea, who actually passed away last year. So yeah.
0: Do, do you know that Chick Korea played for uh me at my club in Gainesville back in the nineteen seventies? Wow, can we live that really? And I have a picture of Chick Korea, okay, that was taken by John Moran, who's a famous local photographer, is- and I'm I'm putting together a gallery, a, mu- a museum gallery of these uh, incredible pictures. I've got 21 great yeah. pictures, including Chick Korea. And I've got Chick Korea when he was with a group called Return to Forever. And he had Stanley Clark in it, and he had, I mean, some amazing... Um, artist. So uh, now that you mentioned that you know who Chick Corea is, that is
2: awesome. You see, guys, you never know with Jeffrey You are you are full with amazing, exciting stories all the time. <laughs> okay,
0: I might have to get you a copy of my uh, Chick Corea picture. It was really cool because it didn't just show Chick; it showed the whole band playing yes. together. And uh, he had he was surrounded by. Um, organs and, uh, you know, all his, you know, pianos, organs, whatever he's playing. But he had, he had like four of them, I think. I mean, it was incredible. And he would go, he had one on top of each other and one to the left and one to the right. And it was, you know, he was something else.
2: Yeah, and and actually he was a a big icon of the jazz scene in Cuba, especially for for the young generation like me, you know, when we used to listen and play Chick Corea stuff. So it is awesome. Yeah, Yeah.
0: he was uh, definitely a forerunner. And so you're you're in school in uh, Cuba, and uh, how far did you get as far as your musical career in Cuba? Yeah, well,
2: actually, that's a great question. I I spent like uh, five years at the vocational of uh, arts, uh, in, in especially in music, percussion and piano. And after that, I went to the National Conservatory for four years. So that's a total of nine years studying music. Think about this, like. At school from Monday to Friday, only a little bit of Saturday and a little bit of Sunday at home for nine years. Wow. Yeah, and right after that, I, I started, you know, playing, uh, making a living, you know, as a musician. And then um, I, went, I went to the military for one year because it is, you know, obligatory in my country. And then after that, I came to the United States.
0: Now, how did you um, get to the United States? What was your motivation to come to the United States? It was love. There is nothing
2: that love can make possible. <laughs>
0: tell <laughs> tell the story to our uh, our viewers and listeners. Gonna, this is a great story.
2: Yeah, it is. A, it is a it is a beautiful beautiful story. That uh, my wife now my wife uh, back in the day my girlfriend Yara Lisa Rano, was my sweetheart. At school we were dating with eleven dating 11 with years eleven old? years old. Yeah. <laughs> so she came when she was like she came to the United States when she was like 13, thirteen fourteen. And then after that, after six years later, she went back to Cuba. Uh, we always stay like in communication. You know, we kept communicating back and forth, and we stayed in love. And when she went back, uh, that that fire, you know, uh, actually I would say it was reborn again. And then um, she actually presented to me the opportunity to come to the United States. And that's what randomly I would say, because I never thought, honestly, to come to the United States. And if you ask any Cuban, like, it would be, really? You never thought about coming to the United States? Because I was doing really well with my music. I was happy, and I was fulfilled with my career. But and then, you know, love again, you know, <laughs> grabbed me, and, and that's
0: why I'm here. And, and she was in... South Florida at the time? Yeah,
2: yeah. she was in Florida and living with, you know, her parents. But at the time, she was actually a gator already. She was studying criminology and mental health counseling uh, here at the University of Florida, uh, her bachelor's, and then she decided to continue with the, her master's. That's why we stay in Gainesville.
0: Oh, so that was the connection. Yes. I, I remember you telling me about that. So, So what year did you come over to Florida?
2: 2011 so it's going to be 10 years November
0: 18th so how do you- now, did you need to get permission, or could you just get on a plane and come to Florida?
2: Oh, no, not at all, my friend. <laughs> it is a hard, hard move. I mean, you got to go to the interview, to the embassy, and over there, you're going to have like a functionary, someone that actually works for the United States, a Cuban-American, most likely. And then when I went there, I remember that I didn't know how to speak any English at all, and with the, and his Sp- uh, Spanish wasn't really good as well, so we have like a rough conversation but most importantly, Jeffrey, you got to show them a lot of proof that this relationship is legit. Because let me tell you, back in the day, I mean, not only Cubans, but people from all over the world, they used to um, use this fiancé visa, that's the how I came, as a business. Oh, oh I see. You yes. have a
0: fiancé visa. Yes. Now, what about getting out of Cuba? Was there any limitation there?
2: Not at all. Actually, when I went there, they used to give you... They used to approve. And once you are approved, they say, hey, you have 30 days to come to, to come and pick up your visa. But you know what? I showed them. Watch this. I showed them a picture of me playing piano, singing happy birthday for my girlfriend, now my wife, with 12 years old and the guy was like this is it <laughs>
0: all right there is
2: there is no way that these kids are making this up
0: for tw- yeah after right? eight years they're still together right yeah
2: so i gotta tell you that day the guy gave me the visa the stamp that they give you and they say boom welcome to the united states and that's one of the most one of the most exciting you know days because it was like it was like what there is no 30 days to wait yeah, it was super fast.
0: Wow. And and so did you come straight up to Gainesville, or were you in South Florida for a while?
2: I spent like a couple of months uh, preparing my wedding uh, in, in Florida, because when you come, one of the laws, uh, it is that you get you need to come, but you have 90 days to get married. If you pass that, you are in trouble.
0: <laughs> okay, I got it. In other words, you're saying, I'm coming because, uh, you know, we're engaged. And they want you then to get married within ninety days.
2: Yeah, and that's that's part of the the part of the deal. So, yeah. what kind of a party
0: did you put together for uh, your wedding? Uh,
2: let me tell you, I, I I was so I was all confused because <laughs> I was in the United States. Remember, I am coming from Cuba. You had you are meeting new people. My family, all my family was down there. It was a mix of emotions. It was a great party, though. I enjoyed it all. I didn't dance as, as much as you did. Yeah, I knew yeah. it I, <laughs> I so, tried. <laughs> so I want
0: all of our viewers and listeners to know that uh, my wife, Patricia, uh, was born in Cuba. Uh, they fled Cuba after Castro came in, lived in Venezuela. Then she lived in Miami for 20 years. And then I was fortunate enough to uh, meet Patricia and my Number one sales job in my life was convincing Patricia to leave South Florida and move <laughs> to Gainesville, Florida, where she knew no one. And the only thing she knew is that her son, uh, Zach, uh, had uh, gone to the University of Florida. She had visited here a couple times, and he was a Florida Gator. So thank you, uh, uh, Zachy, for, uh, you know, uh, helping me, uh, you know, Uh, convince your mom to, uh, you know, come to Gainesville and uh, get married. So uh, we go to um, Elio and say, Elio, we're having a big wedding over at the Cade Museum and we would like you to uh, play there and, uh, you know, bring the fiesta to uh, the Meldon group. So uh, anyhow, what was that like? That was a hell of a party. That was one of the most exciting events
2: ever, ever, ever. I'm telling you, uh, Jeffrey's family was like having such an Awesome time. I was even jamming with one of your brothers on the drums, <laughs> on the bongos, and the congas. It was exciting. And you know, I think we actually created a beautiful experience that we, we all are gonna take forever in our memories. And that's what we I am fortunate enough to call you friend these days because we had we had so much fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well and we hang out together to this day. It was one of the first, if not the first, wedding that the Cade Museum had. And we really uh, broke that place in, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> we had a great, <laughs> great time. Okay. We are getting ready to take a one-minute break here on Melden Lawn Friends. We're at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill with my good friend Elio Piedra, and we are going to be back in 60 seconds. We still hear it. The sound of victory. The joy of being part of something great. And while things may not be the same right now, we haven't gone anywhere. If you bleed orange and blue, then Melden Law is the firm for you. The Gator Nation will be the first to tell you that in all kinds of weather, we all stick together which is why Meldon Law is honored to be the only official law firm partner of the Florida Gators. We hope you never find yourself the victim of a serious accident, but if you do, our team is here for you. Gators won't back down from a fight, and neither do we. Welcome back to Meldon Law and Friends. I'm Jeffrey Meldon from Meldon Law, and I'm here with my good friend Elio Piedra, Elio, you're in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, you know, I I started hearing about you years and years ago, and it was so great finally getting to know you uh, as a friend and welcoming you into our home and uh, all that. I I wanted uh, you to give a little brief description for our viewers and listeners about. What it was like when you moved to Gainesville and started doing things in the music business?
2: Well, it was really hard, and that's such a great question. Uh, when I first got here, um, uh, a week after that, I started like washing dishes at a beautiful restaurant by the name of Sabore in Tioga Town Center. If you guys remember that restaurant, it lasts like five years. It was an awesome restaurant, and I developed like, a beautiful family, like a beautiful staff over there that I learned how to wash dishes for four months. And then another eight months like cooking with Chef Willie down there in Miami. (laughs) Hello to you. And Alex De Rosario, who they taught me everything. And also my friend Valero Alices. But... Fast forward, I started here and there uh, promoting myself, putting my name out there and trying to collaborate in with not only the local music scene, but also a statewide and national with some national artists. So fast forward, I started working at multiple uh, restaurants, at multiple places, and some, oppor- some doors opened up and I ended up touring uh, in the United States. I've been like around 18 states in the country, And I started working with Arts Management Associates, AMA, from uh, California and doing multiple things. Uh, And fast forward, uh, it's been eight years of the fiesta that I created my entertainment business.
0: So, I mean, so uh, Elio was um, at every restaurant in Gainesville that had a music scene going on. Uh, Bahama Breeze one day and then he'd be uh, out of town of Tioga the next and always putting on a great show he could do it he could do it by himself or he'd bring uh you know other members and put together a group I remember for our wedding it was incredible there must have been uh, five or six musicians plus we had that beautiful little girl singing uh what, what was her name Car- carson Holly oh carson, yeah yes. and she this girl is like, she was 10 years old at the time, I think, and wow, what a voice. Maybe she was only eight or nine at the time. Anyhow, so you're, you're, you you're have a really active um, business of perf- being a performer, uh, touring uh, uh, Florida, the United States, and things are going, and uh, everything is live, and it's crowds and people dancing and having a good time. And all of a sudden, um, COVID hits, and uh, you, I know you have your family here, your wife, you got your two beautiful little girls, uh, you, you know your mom and dad, your um, I think your wife's family was uh, may have been here or coming here yeah. and, and you're the main breadwinner, and all of a sudden it's COVID and, and everybody's shut down. You must have been terrified.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the first month I took it as a vacation time, but and then three, two more months, I got three months, I was like, wait a minute, that is, we
0: need to take action here. So,
2: <laughs> yes.
0: So I know uh, Freddie Weeby was, uh, you know, one of the people that you talked to uh, first.
2: Yeah, well, actually, Freddie is one of my heroes. Uh, I, I've been learning tremendously from the maestro, as I call Freddie, you know, learning a lot about branding, marketing, about how to develop, you know, a business and how to grow it and how to get involved with the community. So, yeah, so kudos and, and my all my love to Freddie. But yeah, COVID came and then um, my idea, my brain that that never stops. And I always, uh, I've been developing my morning coffee show for the Hispanic community. It was like a Hispanic podcast. And I say, you know what? There is an opportunity here to keep developing this podcast, plus helping other businesses to grow their own show, like this awesome show, for example. And then I started doing that. I don't know if you want to get into the yeah, Fiesta well, Media.
0: Well, first of all, so um, LEO has this great show, you know, Morning Coffee with um, LEO, and at first it was in English and then he tried uh doing the Spanish version and the show blew up. Everybody was uh tuning in. And he said, "Oh wow, we're getting a lot of Spanish uh listeners uh and viewers to the podcast." And in fact, my wife Patricia is a, a regular guest on the show on Wednesday morning. Yes. And um the so Elio and Patricia are so funny together. They, they they have the most famous commercial that is running now in Gainesville. Let me tell you. <laughs> but this, this is what I want. I want you guys to leave a comment below.
2: When you watch the commercial, you, you need to comment whose fault is. I think it's Patricia's fault. And people keep telling me that I need to pay Patricia a little bit of money. So you leave a comment below whose fault is, all right? <laughs> whose fault
0: was the accident? So... So you, you already, before COVID, you already had uh, morning coffee with Elio. So you were experimenting with doing other things and being out every night, uh, doing, uh, performing at restaurants and events and things like that. And then COVID came, and I know you started thinking about, oh, I know how to do a podcast. I'm going to help other people. Yes. And, and how did that evolve?
2: Well, uh, basically, uh, I started working since we were doing everything remotely. My first clients, they were actually out of Canada. Uh, instead of in town yes so we were uh, helping other people out of town like in other countries in other states and then when COVID started to get a little better I, I make a, a soft transition into a very small room that I have to actually shout out to my good friend uh, Waldemar Cabrera from Team Cabrera Morgas that they actually sponsored that room, and, and thanks to that, I had the opportunity to develop this business in one year, until a year after that, I transitioned into what it is now, the Fiesta Media. So.
0: Wow. So the Fiesta Media, um, their, their uh, I would call it a studio, is incredible. I was out there uh, recently, and Elio uh, has created... Uh, one, the two, one of the two best studios in Gainesville, uh, Spurs podcast room is one, and Elio's <laughs> podcast one. room is the other one. No, it's true, isn't it? Yes, <laughs> yes. It's yes. true. I mean, they're both incredible. And, you know, Elio has really invested a lot of money in making it first class. You know, the equipment and everything uh, that goes into it is uh, first class. And I know you're really uh, building that, but you're also working on a, uh, another incredible project. you want to talk a little bit about that?
2: Yes. Are you guys ready? Because let me tell you something, I am fired up. You <laughs> see, while we're working right now, the, just yesterday, uh, Monday, we launched the first, the brand new and first Latin digital radio station ever in Gator Nation. So we are super excited about that because the Fiesta Media has expanded itself not only into podcasting, but also to serve our Latin community that they, we don't have any Latin music. And this station is 24-7. We're actually live three times a day. Tomorrow morning, we're, gonna, we're about to launch our first morning show. And we have close to 3,000 listeners in wow. the last 30 days because... I, I, I want you to listen to this. What we did is like before the soft launch, we sent out the, the link and the website to multiple people just to try it out, to keep listening to it. And they end up staying and coming back and, and, and sending message. Hey, we love the music. This is incredible. We are grateful. Wow. Are you going to continue doing this? Yes, we will. This 24-7, nonstop. This is your, this is to Fiesta Radio, your Fiesta Radio. Uh, celebrating our music, which is our tagline, right? And now we just uh, check out after the show. I'm going to show you the screenshot that I took just for you. We almost reached 3,000 listeners in only 30 days. And this week it has been almost 900. So
0: we are like super excited. Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, uh, the idea of having... Um, it's digital radio. Is that correct? Yeah, it's digital radio. How does it work? How do, so tell our listeners and viewers how they can um, get the. Is it an app?
2: Yes, uh, there is an app there, so it's going to be available in, for app on Android, iPhone, and also for Alexa skill. If you have Alexa at home, you can say, Alexa, uh, play to Fiesta Radio, but now that's going to be, those three tools are going to be ready in a, in two weeks, because right now our listeners have been using our website and at the link that is at the top of our pages and, and a lot of Facebook groups that we send out. That's how our listeners, and that's why we're amazed, because like, we don't even have the app out, and we're getting close to 3,000 listeners. Well, how
0: do people tune in if, if it's not on the app? What
2: well, they? they go to our website, because we've been promoting oh. our website tremendously, and oh. that's doing two things.
0: That's wait, wait, we th- Tell our listeners the website, how, what the website is.
2: Yeah, the website is 2 and then you said Listen Live, you click over there, and boom, that's it. Or, you can use the link that is on our F- 2 Fiesta radio Facebook page, or instagram just click on the link that is at the description that that's how most people are doing it and you are going to be just right there there is no problem at all as long as you have internet that's it that's all you need and how we are measuring our listenership is because we're promoting it local so most of our listeners like 99 percent of our listeners are here in Gainesville, alaska county and ocala i i have to shout out to my people from ocala tremendously because the support from Ocala has been Huge. So I love you guys so much.
0: Now, I don't know if you know this, but there's twice as many Hispanics in Oca- in Marion County than in Alachua County. Like almost 60,000. Wow. No, I, I mean, I, I wasn't aware of that, but maybe that's why we have. Okay. So Marion County, if you're listening, uh, we are coming your way. Meldon Law <laughs> opened up our big office um, on South Pine Avenue across from the Advent Hotel, uh, the Advent Hospital, rather, in... Uh, June of this year, and uh, now Elio is uh, going to be coming there. You know what, Elio? Why don't we do a big fiesta for Marion County and show them what it's like? Shall we? Yeah, <laughs>
2: let's bring the fiesta to you. But I want to say something mm-hmm. that, in case the Hispanic community, you are watching this and you speak English, and that's the reason you're here, there is not like there is no other lawyer or attorney that is as fun as as invested. <laughs> in on his community as this gentleman right here he's the one and only and i have i feel and i have so much admiration respect for you and for what you do and you have done for this entire community and honestly the best thing that could happen to gator nation is have you as the only official law firm listen to me the only official law firm partners of our florida gators we breathe and we support and we go Marble law. So that's your call.
0: <laughs> and I didn't pay for that, I swear to you. <laughs> but anyhow, um it's very exciting about launching your, your radio station and you know these are things that we didn't even dream about you know, 10 years ago as far as, oh, I want a radio station. You know, instead of spending five years getting approval for a station, you just went ahead and launched it and it's blowing up. Yeah, we
2: are. We bought, we got our license in. We did everything we take. We got to make it happen. Follow your dreams
0: and don't, don't stop. Okay, we are at the end of our show. Melvin Law and friends, uh, my dear friend, Elio Piedra, he has got the distinction of being a, second-time guest. Uh, we have special uh, guests that we bring back, and I can promise you Elio will be back to report on what's going on with uh, Tu Fiesta Radio. Radio. <laughs> That's it. It's going to be exciting. And thank you very much for watching and listening to Meldin Law and Friends, and uh, let your friends know about it. Uh, we love uh, hearing from you. Uh, we'll see you next week on Meldin Law and Friends.